0: Hi, this is Matt Welsh with Spiritual Media Blog, and today I'm here with Gary Renard, author of Disappearance of the Universe and Your Immortal Reality. Gary, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, It's great to be with you, Nat. Um, Now, to get started, in your books, you talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. Can you briefly describe the nature of the Holy Spirit and maybe some strategies we can use to connect with it? Sure. Sure. And I think that uh, to do that, you have to realize that there are a couple of different levels going on. Uh, once you get up to the level of spirit, then everything is the same. And uh, words become meaningless. So you use words like God, Christ, uh, Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, the word sung with a capital S when you're in uh, a great spiritual teaching like A Course of Miracles when you're on the level of spirit, it's all the same, but there are certain words, of course, that have meaning to us on this level, which is the level of the world, uh, the level of form, where everything has a shape or a form. So your reality is spirit. So you think reality as being spirit, and you could think of the false you, or the illusion, or the dream, as, of uh, course, in Miracles sometimes calls it. You could think of that as being the ego, which is the false you. Now, the idea is to go home to the real you, which is spirit. And in order to facilitate that, a spirit has to be able to communicate with us. And it has to be able to communicate with us in a way that we can accept and understand. So it has to take on a form. It has to show up in the dream in a way that we can see or hear or else we'd never be able to hear it, and we'd be stuck here forever. So what the Holy Spirit does is it takes on a form, even though that form is not its reality. Its reality is still spirit, but it shows up in the dream as a form in order to lead us home, in order to give us ideas, or just lead us along, you know, one step at a time. So uh, A Course in Miracles, which is... uh, You know, the major teaching that my teachers, uh, in my books get into pretty deeply, uh, it says about the Holy Spirit, it says his is the voice for God, but has therefore taken form. This form is not his reality. So the form that the Holy Spirit uses to speak to us in the dream is not what's real. That is not the Holy Spirit's reality. The Holy Spirit's reality, like our true reality, is still spirit. It's exactly the same as God. Uh, it's perfect. It's something that is whole. It's on that level, it would be exactly the way that, of course, in Miracles uh, describes heaven, which is the awareness of uh, perfect oneness and the knowledge that there is nothing else, you know, nothing else outside this oneness, nothing else within. Uh, it's all the same, it's all perfect, it's a constant thing, it's unchanging, uh, where this world, you know, dream world create, of duality, uh, you know, it's always shifting and changing. So the Holy Spirit takes on a form, shows up in the dream, and that form could be whatever's best for you. Uh, for some people, the Holy Spirit could show up in the dream as an angel, and they'll think, well, you know, that's an angel. You know, that's uh Gabrielle or a or, or Michael or, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, or the Holy Spirit could show up in the dream as the Virgin Mary, you know, for religious type people. Or Our Lady of Guadalupe. Or uh, the Holy Spirit could show up as an ascended master, like art in person. Or the Holy Spirit could show up as a voice in your mind that you can hear clearly and audibly. But that's very rare. The uh, the way that the Holy Spirit usually shows up in your mind is by giving you ideas and inspiration. In fact, uh, the word inspired actually comes from the words in spirit. So uh, the Holy Spirit will show up even in your dreams at night, you know, when you're in bed. And what the Holy Spirit is doing is leading you along one step at a time, whatever you're ready for, which is why there are so many different kinds of spirituality out there, and they're all valid. You know, every form of spirituality is necessary because people have to be met by the Holy Spirit wherever they are, you know, whatever they're ready for. And they get led one step at a time along the way, and what you're doing is actually returning to spirit because ultimately you are the Holy Spirit, Because when you get back to that level of spirit, as I said, it's all the same. But while we appear to be here in this world, we need to be communicated with. We need to be uh, told and led uh, as to what we should do, where we should go, and uh, things like that. So uh, the Holy Spirit is spirit. But unlike... uh, the other uh, words that we use to describe Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one form of Spirit that actually uh, communicates with us in our dream and it can see our illusions. At one point, uh Course in Miracles says, the Holy Spirit can see your illusions but doesn't believe in them. And uh, that's what we want to become like. You know, if we want to uh, return to Spirit, we want to think like the Holy Spirit. You know, we want to, uh, kind of like end up, uh, emulating the Holy Spirit, which is what great masters like, uh, like Jesus did. You know, people think of Jesus as being a great leader, but what he really was was the ultimate follower. Because he says, uh, in the Course, he says, you know, eventually I only listened to one voice. And that was the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, on this level, you could, kind of like think of that spirit, that Holy Spirit, as being your memory of God. You know, it's kind of like your memory of heaven, your memory of your true home, and what you really are, and uh, where you really are. And the reason for that is because the truth, which is spirit, but it's not a partial spirit, like most people think of the word soul, they think of it as an individual thing. Uh true spirit is not an individual thing. Uh, it's something that is just perfect oneness. So on that level, you're not just part of it, you're all of it. You know, on this level, you could use the analogy of, you know, a raindrop falling into the ocean. Well, the raindrop appears to be a raindrop, but when it falls into the ocean, it's the ocean. It's not a raindrop anymore. It's the whole thing. You know, and that's uh, what we're returning to. It's kind of like we're going uh, to wholeness and oneness. And not just part of it, but all of it. And the memory of that reality is still there in the mind. Uh We could never lose it, even though we mistakenly believed that we were separate, you know, from our source, which is God. But once again, once you get up to that level, it's all the same. It's all this uh, perfect spirit. And that is something that's immortal. And uh it's invulnerable. And uh, it's what of Course in Miracles is describing right at the beginning when it says nothing real can be threatened. That's reality. That is this perfect spirit, which is what we really are, which is something that can't be threatened by anything uh, in this world. You know, it can't be hurt. It can't be touched. It can't be, uh, you know, threatened by anything or any of the problems or any of the, uh, you know, scary things that seem to be going on in, in the dream. And uh, then when the Course says, nothing unreal exists, well that would be anything else. It would include anything that takes on uh, any kind of a form, any kind of a limit. It would include the body. It would include any bodies that we see out there. And uh, ultimately, it would even include the teachings that the Holy Spirit is giving us, because nothing in the solution is real. And uh, the closest thing to reality in this illusion is the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is kind of like representative of the truth that is still there, buried in your unconscious mind, which is waiting to be remembered. And it is being remembered gradually as we appear to wake up. So it's like the truth is dawning on your mind. You know, it's coming up to the surface to be awakened, to be remembered. And as it's remembered, your mind is awakened, and uh, it's kind of like you're going home. But we don't do it all at once, because it would be too scary, because uh, what we're doing is we're going home to a higher life form. Uh, you know, a spirit is actually a higher life form uh, than, you know, the dream or the body or any of that. And you could use the analogy of, uh, you know, kind of like a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. You know, that doesn't happen overnight. Uh, The caterpillar has to be prepared for a higher life form. So it goes through a cocoon process. You know, it goes through a transformation. It goes through a uh, metamorphosis. You know, from one life form to a higher life form. And it really is better to be a butterfly than to be a caterpillar. You know, it really is more fun (laughs) to be a butterfly than to be a caterpillar. And it really is more fun to be spirit. Yeah. than it is uh, to be a body. But people are so used to being bodies and thinking in terms of limits that uh, they have this unconscious fear, and there's more to it than that. In fact, that, that fear and guilt that is in the unconscious mind can be traced all the way back to the original idea of separation, you know, the original idea of uh, being separate from God. And uh, that's what people are really upset about. That's what we're really afraid of. That's why, of course, miracle says, I am never upset for the reason I think. You know, we think that we're upset or afraid or annoyed or whatever the negative emotion is. Uh, We think that we're upset by what we're seeing out there on the screen. You know, so, oh, I I think I'm upset for this reason or that reason that I'm seeing out there. That's not what you're really upset about. Uh, What you're really upset about is in your unconscious mind, and then you have chosen uh, to attach that fear or guilt to an image that you're seeing out there on the screen. You know, it's very much like uh, watching a movie. You know, at one point, uh, you know, the Course says that you are reviewing mentally that which has already gone by. Well, if it's already gone by, that means it's already been written. You know, it's like the Course says the script is written. And uh, it's like you're actually watching a movie. And you're watching this movie with the mind. It looks like you're watching it with the body's eyes but we're not even in bodies. Even that's a trick. That's an illusion of the ego, of separation. Uh, we're not even in bodies. We're actually uh, being tricked into thinking that we're in bodies, but the body that we see when we look in the mirror or hold our hand up in front of our face is actually uh, just a part of the same projection. The whole thing is a projection that is a trick of the ego because there's something that we don't know about the ego. The ego wants to keep this idea of separation going. Uh, The ego likes this idea of separation because it feels special to the ego. It feels uh, important. And uh, so the ego wants to keep it going. The ego thinks that it exists. It thinks that it has an identity and that it has separated from its source, which is God. So when you get down to the level of the unconscious mind, which we all share, because there's really only one mind, although it appears that we're separate, then we have separate minds uh, in the dream, Uh, there's really just one of us, you know, that thinks that it's here. There's just one ego appearing as many. And uh, once you get down into the unconscious mind, you could think of the mind as having like three parts. You know, there's uh, the part of you that is observing the whole thing, uh, which is, you know, what some people would call the soul, But what it really is, is uh, a seemingly separate mind that thinks that it has separated itself from its source, and there's just one of it. And uh, then, you have two different interpretations of what you're seeing. Uh, You have the ego's interpretation of what you're seeing, and the ego is kind of like the false you, you know, and you're so heavily fused with the ego because, you know, we chose the ego over the Holy Spirit a long time ago, which... You know, it's kind of a bad move. You know, it turned out to be a mistake. And uh, we're so identified with separation and with the ego that in most cases, people believe that they are the ego. You know, they think that that's what they are. They think they are the body. They think they are what they do. Uh, you know, people think, oh, I'm really a doctor or, wow, I'm a race car driver <laughs> or whatever. They, act- they actually believe that that's what they are because they're so heavily identified with the ego but the ego is giving you an interpretation that encourages that. Because the ego is speaking for separation, division, uh, judgment, fear. Uh, everywhere the ego looks, it wants you to see differences. Because, uh, you know, how can you have judgment without differences? And it's the belief in the dream, the belief in the ego that keeps it going. Uh, that's the power that kind of like lights up your hologram, if you will. Yeah, You could think of the projection that you're seeing as being like a hologram that is coming from you. And uh, when you have a holographic image, uh, you don't see anything until you light it up. Like in the level of form, if you were experimenting with uh, holograms, you would shine a laser beam through the holographic image. And that would light it up and make it seem real. You'd, you'd be able to see it uh what lights up our holographic dream here in the world is the power of belief, uh the fact that we believe in it. You know, and that's what makes it seem real to us. And uh, you know, that's kinda like the ego's interpretation, that's part of it. And uh then you have a totally different interpretation of what you're seeing. That interpretation is the Holy Spirit's interpretation. And the Holy Spirit has a totally different take on the whole thing. The Holy Spirit would tell you, look, uh, yeah, you thought it was real. You thought you really separated from God. But the truth is you can't separate from God. It's not possible. You can never really be separate from your source. Uh You can deny the truth. You can cover it over. You can forget it. But it's always there. You know, the truth is always there. And uh, what you're seeing is not true. Any form of separation is not true. Uh, Every judgment that you have, you're judging something that isn't there because it's just a holographic image. It's just a projection. And, you know, just like in a movie theater, the projector is hidden. You know, you're not supposed to think about the projector. Your attention has been distracted to the screen. So you think of the screen as being reality. And it's not. Uh, It's just, you know, the effect of the mistaken idea of separation. And uh, the place in this dream where the projector is hidden is deep in your own unconscious mind. So you're actually seeing a projection that is coming from your own unconscious mind. Then you're viewing it with the conscious mind. So it's kind of like the mind is split, and you don't remember the unconscious mind, because it's something that you're oblivious to. That's why it's unconscious. You know, if you were aware of it, it wouldn't be unconscious. So uh it's kind of like you've been tricked by the ego, because the ego, as we said, wants to keep the whole thing going. And the Holy Spirit is saying, well, no, you, you don't want to keep the whole thing going, because it's painful. And there really is a better way. You know, there it's a better way than being uh in this world and seeming separate. Now that sounds scary to the ego because to the ego this is death ultimately. Uh because what we're doing as we practice a certain kind of forgiveness, which I'll get to. But uh what we're doing is we're undoing the ego. Uh at one point, you know, Course in Miracles says salvation is undoing. So, it's like you're undoing the ego, and as you undo the ego, which represents the false you, then eventually the real you, which is this perfect spirit that I've been talking about, uh, is all that's left. So, that's the undoing of the ego. Uh, the Course says at one point, it says salvation is undoing. You know, so you're undoing the ego. It's a great approach, because as you undo the ego, the false you, then eventually the real you is all that's left and you don't have to do anything about the real you because the real you is already perfect you know, it's already the same as God you know, it's already this perfect oneness that is immortal and invulnerable so that's what you really are and, uh, you know, you can describe it with many different words you could use the word love uh, I'd use a capital L with that because it's really the whole thing you know, it's the, the real thing it's not uh, a separate form of love you know, it's not uh, special love or special hate, uh, where we only love certain people and other people we hate. That's not real love. Uh, real love has to be applied to everybody equally. And that's the way that the Holy Spirit sees people. It doesn't even think of people as being people. It looks beyond the body, you know, beyond the universe of time and space, It thinks of everybody that it sees as being this perfect spirit, which means that it's all the same. So, at one point, uh, of course, the miracle says, everywhere the Holy Spirit looks, he sees himself. You know, so we said the ego wants you to see differences. Why? Because, you know, you can't have judgment without differences. And if you're not judging it and making it real, then you're withdrawing your belief in it. And if you're withdrawing your belief in it, then it's not going to last. It's not going to continue to have the impact on you that it had before. Uh, And the Holy Spirit is saying, look, it's not real, and it can't affect you unless you give it the power to do so. You know, so is anybody in your life, you know, anybody in your dream, whether, uh, you know, they're close to you or whether you're seeing them on TV or it doesn't matter, if anything uh, can bother you or make you uncomfortable in this world, it's because you've given it that power. You've given them the power to hurt you with your belief, and you think it's real, and you think that it can really affect you. But A Course in Miracles, which is, uh, you know, the voice of Jesus speaking uh, the word of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, of Course Miracles would say about forgiveness, it says, it denies the ability of anything, not of God, to affect you. So it's saying that illusions and dreams cannot really affect you unless you let them, unless you give them that power. But now, uh, you can take that power back. You know, you can reclaim your your power by withdrawing your belief in the ego and giving it instead to spirit, giving it to the Holy Spirit. So, you know, most uh, spiritual systems uh, are a little different. You know, A Course in Miracles is not the same uh as other things because most spiritual systems, first of all, they try to balance uh body, mind, and spirit. You know, they're all equal. They're all the same. Uh, people try to balance them, give equal beliefs to all three of them. That's not what A Course of Miracles is saying. Uh, a Course in Miracles is saying, no, you don't want to balance illusion. You know, you don't want to uh, balance uh, body, mind, and spirit. What you want to do is you want to learn how to use the mind to choose between the body, which is the symbol of separation, or spirit, which is reality. And uh, by making that choice over and over again, by choosing to look beyond the illusion to spirit, by thinking of people as being what they really are instead of what they think they are, by thinking of them as uh, being totally innocent, exactly the same as God, not just part of it, but all of it, Uh, when you think about them that way, then that sends a message to your own unconscious mind that that is what's true about you. And uh, the way that the mind works, you know, uh, in the unconscious mind, the unconscious mind knows everything. You know, it's like... uh, there's not one piece of information in the uh unconscious mind that is not known you know It's like your unconscious mind knows everything you would have to know everything in the universe of time and space uh because that's where the projection of the universe of time and space is coming from in the first place. you know uh the American Indians they used to say, you know behold the great mystery well, of course, miracle says. Behold the great projection, you know, because that's what it really is. And, uh, you know, so your unconscious mind knows everything. And where you mentioned there's only one of us, really. You know, we look out there and, yeah, we see, uh, you know, 7 billion, 200 million people or whatever. That's just the idea of separation. That's why we seem smaller. You know, it's like I said, we're really all of it. We're not just part of it. We're all of it. Well, the reason that we look so small uh, is because of the device of separation. You know, when you separate yourself from something else automatically, just through the, you know, process of division, you look smaller and feel smaller. And that division continues. You know, so there are also things that look smaller than us because it's all based on the idea of separation. And the Holy Spirit is saying there's no such thing as separation, and that the separation from God never occurred you know, that's the principle of the atonement uh, in A Course of Miracles. Uh, the Course says that the means of the atonement is forgiveness. And it says that the sole responsibility that you have in this whole mess is to accept the atonement for yourself. And if the means of the atonement is forgiveness, that means that your only responsibility is to practice forgiveness and think like the Holy Spirit, see like the Holy Spirit, which is, you know, what Jesus was doing Uh, in his lifetime, you know, he saw everything as being reality. He would look past the illusion, past the body, overlook the veil, as the Course would put it, and kind of look beyond the false images to reality. And he would think of people as not being a body or being a separate being. He would think of them as being exactly the same as him and exactly the same as God, which is what they really are. And by joining them with them in that perfect oneness, he was sending a message to his own unconscious mind that that was true about him, that he was exactly the same as God, and that's how he got in touch with his divinity. Because if your unconscious mind knows everything, and if it knows that there's really just one of us, then uh, that means, you know, and this is both good news and bad news, depending on how you look at it, Uh, you know, if your unconscious mind knows everything, and it knows they're just one of us, that means that everything that you think about another person is really just going to you. You know, it looks like, uh, you know, you're sending these thoughts out there to, you know, these guilty people out there. Well, if you're thinking that they're guilty, and if you're looking at them as being real, then your unconscious mind will interpret that to be true about you. It will interpret it to mean that you are guilty, and that your body is real, And that everything that you think that you ever did really happened, you know, and that you're really guilty and that you don't deserve to be with God and you don't deserve to be this perfect, innocent spirit. Because, well, as the Course puts it, you know, as you see him, you will see yourself. And it must be pretty important because, you know, then the Course says, never forget this. You know, in that person, you'll either find yourself or lose yourself. You know, so it's like, wow, you know, once you realize that, then you realize, well, first of all, now I understand why I'm depressed because I've been thinking all these uh, crappy thoughts my whole life, you know, yeah. about everything and other people and making it all real. And I didn't know that those thoughts were really just going to me because there's nobody out there. You know, it's just a projection. What they really are is spirit. And the way to experience myself that way, the way to experience my own divinity, is by seeing it in others. Uh, That's why the Course says that the way to have this gift is to give it to others. And, uh, you know, it will look like you're, you know, giving it to people who are out there. You're still going to see bodies. You know, you're still going to seem to be here. The difference is your experience will change. You know, your experience will gradually shift from the experience of being uh, a separate body, which seems very real and, and solid, and you know, seems to be able to feel pain, and it seems like you have real problems, you know, you have real bills to pay, and you know, everything seems real. And what will happen through the process of forgiveness? And I'm just going to give you know three simple steps on how to do that. But uh, if you do it, which most people don't including people who study A Course in Miracles. You know, a lot of people who study horse Course in Miracles, they study it, they learn about it, they talk about it, they read books about it, and they never do it. You know, they, they never actually apply it uh, to their everyday lives. They think that uh, the course is about fixing the world and especially fixing other people. You know, because they're, they're very good at spotting the ego in other people. You know, and they're very good at... uh you know, telling other people what they should be doing. And uh, A Course in Miracles is not about uh, telling other people what they should do or telling other people uh, that they're not doing it right. Uh, A Course in Miracles is about you because it's really just one ego and you're it. You know, it's not somebody else. So if you're really going to do the Course, then you practice forgiveness and you apply it And you don't feel the need to correct others or or to, uh, you know, tell them what to do. And, yeah, you can share your experience with people, which is what I do in my books. Uh, And I I share, you know, a lot of my personal life uh, in my books. I think that's one of the reasons uh, that people like them, because uh, you see somebody actually trying to do this, actually trying to apply forgiveness. And obviously uh, in my books you can tell that I haven't always been perfect at it. And that's okay. You know, uh, a lot of spiritual teachers out there, they want to pretend that they're above it all. You know, they want to pretend that they're perfect. They don't have any problems. You know, they're enlightened or whatever. Like a new tree, you get to know some of these people, then you realize, whoops, they're not exactly enlightened. <laughs> they're not exactly perfect. And, uh, you know, then then you realize, well, look, why can't we just, you know, I'll, uh, share our experience and say, look, this this is what we're trying to do, you know, I'm trying to practice forgiveness here on whatever comes up in front of my face on any given day, and I know that that's my one real responsibility in the whole thing, that's my real job, my teachers are in person and my books told me pretty early on they said, look, whatever you do that's your cover job you know, you want to go out and speak about the course you want to uh, write books do, you know, do whatever you want, it doesn't matter by the way, what you do and that's heresy to the ego. You know, the ego thinks it's very important what you do. Uh, the Holy Spirit would say, well, you know, sorry, but that doesn't really matter. What matters is the way that you're looking at things. Uh, it's about the level of the mind, which is cause, instead of the world, which is the level of the effect. So the Course will say things like, uh, you know, this is a course in cause and not effect. And it says, uh, seek not to change the world. Seek rather to change your mind about the world. And when you change your mind about the world, uh, now you're dealing with the level of cause where the projector is instead of just dealing uh, with the effect, which is the level of the world, which is the images that you're seeing on the screen that looks real, but, you know, it's not real. It's just a very convincing, you know, holographic image. It's multi-century, so it seems... uh, you know, quite real. When it's not, it's a trick. You know, it's a trick of the ego because once again, the ego likes this idea of separation and has tricked us into thinking that what we're seeing is real, so that we will judge it. And when we judge it, then in our own mind, we're making the idea, the idea of separation real, and, and we're making that our experience. But it's possible to change your experience. You know, to change your experience uh, gradually. Once again, because. You know, we have to get used to being a higher life form. You know, if, we, if it happened all at once, we'd be too uh probably afraid of it because we wouldn't be used to it. So you get gradually used to it. And then you have experiences, hopefully, in most cases, uh where you'll have an actual experience of God, an actual experience of spirit, which is this, this perfect oneness. And that is really different <laughs> than... Uh, the level of the world, you know, because the level of the world is limited, it's partial, it's 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 separate. Uh, it's not whole, it's not full, it's not complete. And uh, spirit, on the other hand, which is actually heaven, and it's all the same once again, you know, once you get up to that level. Uh, once you have that experience, it is whole, and it is full, and it is complete, and it is satisfying. And it is uh, unchanging and constant. It's like the rock. You know, that's what Jesus was really talking about when he when he talked about uh, the difference between the rock and the sand. You know, building your house upon the sand. Well, that's this world. You know, that's that's the shifting sands of time, which are always changing and which are always going to de- decay and crumble and uh, end up nothing. Uh, that's this world. Then there's the rock and the rock is god you know the rock is something that doesn't change doesn't shift is always there always a constant and it's possible to experience that even while you appear to be here you know even while you appear to be in a body uh, it's possible to have experiences usually they're very brief maybe a second maybe 2 seconds but that's all it takes. You know, you might have that experience of of God and the fact that you are exactly the same as God. You may experience that perfect oneness, which is uh, so amazing that you might just sit there for a couple of hours in a stupor of awe that uh, this amazing thing exists and that that's what you really are. And uh, once you experience that, you never really go back all the way. You know, you can't go back to uh, be in the ego because that experience of God is so much more real than what this is, you know, this idea of separation because it is constant. Uh, it feels so much more real than this that you just know it. You know, it's it's an experience. and That's the only way that uh, spirituality can end. It ends in experience, an actual experience of God. And uh, that's the answer, by the way, to all of our questions because, uh, well, it's like Jesus says in the workbook about all these difficult questions we have, like, how did I get here? You know, of course, the Course would say you're not here, <laughs> but we will say, you know, how did, how did we get here? How did I get here? Uh, you know, how did, the, how did the impossible occur, as the Course puts it? How did the separation occur, which the Course says is impossible? Uh, and the Course says the ego will ask many questions. This Course is not answer. And then it's Uh, says something uh, very interesting. Jesus says something very interesting. He says, there is no answer. only an experience. Seek only this, and do not let theology delay you. And what he's saying there is that the real answer to the world, the real answer to all of our problems, the real answer to all of our questions, uh, is not going to come to us in the form of words. It's going to come to us in the form of an experience. Uh, an experience of what you really are and where you really are. So, in a way, that you could say that the words of the Holy Spirit, the form of the Holy Spirit, the words in the Course in Miracles, which are obviously the Holy Spirit, although it takes the form of Jesus, uh, it, it's the Holy Spirit. You know, what art and purse my teachers really are, you know, they're the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit showing up in a way that some people can accept and understand so that they can be led home. When I first saw Arden and Purser I thought they were real, you know, just as real as me, because I thought that I was real. Uh Now I know that I'm not real, and uh they didn't come here to impress me, you know, by making me think that they were real, just the opposite. Uh They came here to teach me that none of it's real, <laughs> you know, that none of it's true. And, uh, it, it's all just images. You know, it's all, uh, something that we've given our belief to. And by withdrawing that belief and by changing our mind about what we're seeing and taking on the Holy Spirit's interpretation of it, we can undo the ego and return home in our experience. And, uh, that is something that will happen for everybody. It's kind of like a done deal. You know, uh, one of the things that I love about A Course in Miracles is that it's a happy form of spirituality. Uh, You'll notice that, you know, it it talks about the happy dream, you know, being a happy learner. Uh, One of the characteristics of a teacher of God is joy. You know, it's actually happy. You know, most people, they think of Jesus as, uh, you know, this suffering, you know, figure, you know, this apocalyptic uh, religious figure, you know, who died for our sins and suffered and sacrificed himself. And all that, and in A Course in Miracles, uh, you get a glimpse of the real Jesus, who uh, you know spent seven years to explain that what he was about was not suffering and not sacrifice, but joy and freedom, you know, freedom of the experience of uh, being trapped in a body. And uh, you know, it's just a totally different take. And uh, you know, he's kind of like the wisdom teacher that you get a glimpse of in uh, the Gospel of Thomas which, uh, you know, the only copy that we had was uh, you know, uh, not a pure version of it, because it had been changed over a period of over 300 years uh, by people who added things onto it, and uh, by the time the church uh, completely destroyed the Gospel of Thomas, uh, there had been like one copy that got buried in Egypt, and it was dug up in, you know, uh, 1946, I believe. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh it's not a perfect copy, but you can still see, you know, some of Jesus there, and what he is, is a wisdom teacher. He's not the apocalyptic uh religious figure that the church gave us later. You know, he's not the figure of religion. Uh He's a wisdom teacher who is pointing people in the right direction, you know, kind of like telling them, you know, what worked for him. You know, it's like he's saying, hey, this is what worked for me. Maybe you should check it out. You know, maybe she give it a shot. She might be surprised. And that's exactly what he's doing in A Course in Miracles. You know, he's saying, look, this is what worked for me. You know, this is how you do it. And, you know, you can take it or leave it or, you know, whatever you want. It's not the only way. You know, it's not special. I'm not special because, you know, what I really am is the same as everything else. And so are you. So we're equals on the level of spirit. And uh the only thing that seems to divide us is time. And ultimately, even time and space are separation ideas. So, uh, you know, it's like he's saying, you know, this is what worked for me. And uh, there are some striking similarities between the Jesus of the Course of Miracles and the Jesus of the Gospel of Thomas. And, uh, in fact, my teacher, Persa, uh, kind of like gave a corrected version of, uh, you know, the Gospel of Thomas in my second book which is called uh, Your Immortal Reality. And uh, she put it back in its original form. There weren't 114 sayings, like the copy that we have from Nad Kamadi in Egypt. There were 70. She listed them, corrected them, put a couple together. She eliminated, you know, and this is probably a major contribution, uh, she eliminated the sayings that were false. You know, she just took forty four of the sayings in the Gospel of Thomas and threw them out. And uh it's been pointed out by experts, you know, in scripture, that Peirce's version of uh, the Gospel of Thomas actually makes more sense than uh the version that we got from Nakamadi, which contradicts itself and which is scattered because you would have things added on. I'll give you one example. Uh the Nag Kamadi version, the last saying, it says that you have to make a woman into a man before she can enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's not only ridiculous, but it was added on later. And it directly contradicts an earlier saying, which says that when you make the man so that he is not a man, and when you make a woman so that she is not a woman, then they will enter the kingdom. And that's because There's no such thing as male or female in spirit. You know, spirit uh, doesn't have a gender because it's all perfect oneness. You don't have those kinds of distinctions and divisions in spirit. And what Persa does in uh, Persa's Gospel of Thomas, which appears in uh, Your Immortal Reality, uh, she makes it consistent. You know, it doesn't contradict itself. Uh, All these things support each other and you can see that that's the way it was meant to be. And, uh, you know, that's why I think uh the main value in that is, because you also see that in The Course in Miracles. You finally get a Jesus who is consistent, you know, him, who is supporting the thought system of the Holy Spirit. And that's very important because uh it's not enough to just know about the problem. It's not enough to just know about the ego and the idea of separation. Uh, you have to replace it with something. Uh, I'll tell you what I mean. I, I saw this movie. Uh, it's called Revolver, right? Yeah. And it was uh, directed by Guy Ritchie, who, uh, you know, is famous because he made, like, uh, the Sherlock Holmes movies. And, uh, you know, he's married to Madonna. and Everybody knows who he is. And he made this movie called Revolver. And, you know, it's hard to recommend because it's a very violent Movie and that bothers some people. You know, it doesn't bother me, but it bothers some people. And uh, you know, you're watching this movie and you realize about halfway through the movie that what is speaking through this gangster who's played by Ray Liotta, you know, what is actually speaking through uh, this gangster is the ego, but not the little ego. You know, the big ego. You know, the one ego that thinks that it's here. You know, the one ego that thinks it has separated itself from its source, which is the ego that Jesus is talking to in A Course in America. You know, the Course is given on a bigger level than most people realize at first. When when Jesus in the Course says, you think this or you believe that, uh, he's not talking to you as an individual. He's talking to the one ego that thinks that it's here. And uh, in this movie, it's pretty clever, you know, because uh, it actually does that, it, it gets it to the point where it's just one ego, the big one, speaking through this character. And that's, you know, very good. And uh, at the end of the movie, they're rolling the credits, and they show these big-shot features with all kinds of credentials, you know, like David Hawkins and uh, Deepak Chopra. You know, it actually shows them uh, talking about the ego, and they're, you know, very intelligent, and they're describing the ego and and describing the problem, and that's all great. And that's it, and the problem is that it's just like most of the other things that are out there. they're very good at describing the problem, and they don't give you any solution. <laughs> you know they don't give you any way out. they don't resolve the problem, they don't give you any resolution and what a Course of Miracles does, and what my teachers are encouraged to do, is they actually give you an answer you know they actually give you a way home, they actually give you a way out. To actually teach you how to undo the ego. And uh that's the only way that you're ever gonna handle the ego is to undo it. You know, like David Hawkins says you should make friends with your ego. Like a newsroom. Your ego is not interested in being your friend. You know, your ego wants to kill you. Because if you can be hurt or killed or feel pain then you're a body. And that's the ego's number one game plan is to convince you that you're a body because if you're a body the whole ego system of separation is true the whole thing is real and so that's why the ego will go to such great lengths to make you think that it's all real and that you really can be threatened and that you really can be hurt and here's the course and the holy spirit saying something totally different saying no what you really are uh, cannot be hurt and cannot be affected uh, by the world and what jesus did was something that was more proactive than people realize uh he didn't just watch his thoughts you know he didn't just uh say oh th- there's my ego so i'm not going to judge it i'm just going to let it go uh he didn't try to just be in the now or whatever which which by the way you can't stay in the now as long as you have this unconscious guilt that's in your mind which is there as long as there's any of the ego left then yeah, you may get in the now for a while, but then you won't be. uh, Because it takes you away from, you know, being in the now. And uh, what Jesus did was said, you know, I'm not going to just undo the ego, but I realize that there's something else there, that there's this spirit which is perfect. So when it came to his interpretation, which was the Holy Spirit's interpretation that he took on as a follower of the Holy Spirit, uh, when it came to that interpretation, he completely replaced the ego thought system with the thought system of the Holy Spirit. So he didn't just stop at describing the problem like I've been talking about, which is what most things do. He actually completely replaced the ego with the Holy Spirit. He went all the way with this, which, which most spiritual systems do not do. You know, he didn't go halfway with things. And he didn't compromise on things. You know, like he says in the course, there is either a God of love or a God of fear. And you know, he says, uh, no compromise in this is possible. You know, so uh, he didn't compromise on ideas. He didn't compromise on the Holy Spirit. Like he says in the course, he says be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. And uh, by doing so, by looking past the illusion, you know, to reality, that reality is spirit, and you completely replace the entire illusion with reality. And that's where uh, the three steps of forgiveness that I mentioned come into play. Uh, what's going to happen when you're exposed to these kinds of ideas is you're going to get out there in the world, and before you know it, things are going to go down the tubes. You know, and uh, ego is going to do its job to convince you that you're a body. In fact, that's the course's definition of temptation. You know, when you go to that section in the text, uh the last section called Choose Once Again, uh it gives you the course's definition of temptation right at the beginning of that section, and it's a little bit different than the way the world thinks about it. Because the world already believes that the body is real, so naturally it thinks that temptation has to do with what the body does. So, you know, when you're teaching a course of miracles, then people will automatically uh ignore everything that you say. Uh, you know, they'll ignore everything that your books say, and they'll try to make it about you, and they'll try to make it about something that you did, which is because they want to make the body real, and if they can make your body real, then, you know, their body is real, and the ego feels safe, and they don't know that they're projecting, you know, which is what the Course calls, uh, the secret sins and hidden hates that they really have about themselves. You know, and uh, they've chosen to project that onto other people and then they judge other people and then they don't have to do the course. You know, they don't have to practice forgiveness. If they knew that the course was about forgiveness, then they'd have to do it. And then, you know, that would that would be difficult. You know, you'd actually have to take responsibility for what you see and do something about it. And it's so much easier to just judge other people and, uh, you know, to put them down and to say nasty things and to go on the Internet you know, and, uh, you know, just go on and on about, you know, all these things that, uh, people are doing and how they're wrong. And, uh, that's what most people do with their spirituality. But then you have people who realize, well, wait a minute, this isn't about somebody else, it's about me. Uh, this is a self-study course. You know, A Course in Miracles is not a religion. Uh, it doesn't say anything about having study groups, it doesn't say anything about A Course in Miracles community. Uh, A Course in Miracles is a self-study course. That is up to me to do. And it's done at the level of the mind. It's not done at the level of the world. It's not about saving the world. The Course says there is no world. You know, and, you know, here's these people who are going to save the world with A Course of Miracles. And here's A Course of Miracles saying there is no world. <laughs> you know, there is no world out there for you to save. You know, and of course that's pretty radical. And, uh, you know, in fact, I, I can't think of anything that's more radical Uh, than A Course in Miracles, yet it makes total sense if you really get, you know, the full thought system. And, uh, so, if you're really going to do the Course, then what you want to do is you want to practice forgiveness, which is your only responsibility. You know, uh, the Course, when it's called A Course in Miracles, well, the miracle is this kind of forgiveness that is done at the level of cause and not the level of the world, and it's a different way of looking at things. It's a different perception. So, when you do get out there and things do start to go down the tubes, you know, and, and, uh, you know, everything, uh, seems to be, uh, getting pretty ugly and you feel affected by it, well, that's the red flag that you want to look out for. When you're, when you're feeling affected by the world in a negative way, if you start to feel annoyed or a little bit fearful, uh, you know, you start to feel like, uh, you know, a, a little angry at that person. You know, I don't like that politician on the TV screen or however it shows up for you, when you start to feel those negative emotions, that's what you want to be looking out for. You know, that's the red flag that you want to be looking out for, the negative emotions. Uh, you'll notice as you go along that the course does not talk much about forgiving the good stuff. You know, it doesn't talk about, oh, you got to forgive the, the beautiful sunsets or the romantic walks on the beach or the art and music you know, that mean a lot to you, or or the movies that I go to. You know, all you need to do is, uh, you know, really forgive those negative things that are coming up, because that's where the guilt is. You know, that's where your unconscious guilt is coming to the surface. You know, it was unconscious, it's coming to the surface. It's meeting the conscious. It's right at that line where the unconscious meets the conscious. And that guilt is coming to the surface, and that's why you're feeling it. That's why you're feeling negative, because... Uh, those images that you're seeing, and that's all they are, by the way, is images. You know, the Course says, uh, the images you make cannot prevail against what God Himself would have you be. You know, and it's like, uh, you know, what you want to do is notice when you start to feel those negative emotions. That's the red flag that you want to be looking out for. And when it starts to happen, you gotta catch yourself. You know, you gotta stop thinking with the ego. Because that's the ego. You know, the Holy Spirit is not going to make you feel bad. The Holy Spirit leads you to peace, you know, and to good feelings. And uh so when that comes up, you want to stop thinking with the ego. And that's the first step in forgiveness. And it may be the hardest step because people are so used to judging, you know, and their mind is not trained and, and their mind runs wild. And uh as the Course says at the beginning of the workbook, you know, this this is a course in mind training. And it says an untrained mind can accomplish nothing. You know, that's why the workbook of the course is so important and why the mind has to be kind of like trained and you have to have a discipline where you can consistently interpret everything that you're seeing. And if you do that, then when you start noticing yourself having those feelings, you can stop thinking with the ego. Now, that leads to the second step automatically because uh, you can't think with both the ego and the Holy Spirit at the same time. You know, it's not possible. You know, you've got to choose one or the other. You know, so if you can stop thinking with the ego, now you can start thinking with the Holy Spirit. And if you can do that, then you can take the second step, which is simply to take on the Holy Spirit's interpretation of what you're seeing. And the Holy Spirit is telling you a totally different story than what the ego is telling you. The ego is telling you it's all real and that they're really guilty and that action is required to punish them and things like that. And there's an epidemic of that in the world. You know, everybody uh, is spotting things in everybody all over the place. You know, they're guilty. They did this. They did that. They deserve to be punished just is terrible, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just goes on forever. And, uh, you know, you can't read the news on Yahoo or uh, watch TV without seeing it everywhere. You know, everybody knows what somebody else did and that they deserve to be punished. Why? Because the ego literally has to project this unconscious guilt onto other people. And people are projecting and they don't know that they're projecting. Uh, they just think that they're right. You know, and and the Holy Spirit would say, wait a minute, what you're seeing is not true. They haven't really done anything. It's your projection You're the one who made it up by choosing with the ego instead of the Holy Spirit at that first instant of separation. You know, so what you're seeing is a projection that is coming from you, which means that they're not really there. They haven't really done anything. That's why, of course, a miracle says forgiveness does not pardon sins and make them real. See, there was no sin. And in that view are all your sins forgiven. And I might add that only in that view are all your sins forgiven, because remember, as you see him, you will see yourself. If they're guilty, your unconscious mind will take it to mean that you're guilty. But if they're innocent, if they're spirit, then your unconscious mind will interpret it to mean that you are spirit, that you're innocent, which is why uh, one of the forgiveness processes that my teachers gave in the second book, uh, Your Immortal Reality, It's just three simple lines. You are spirit, whole, and the word holy comes from the word whole because it's one. Now, you are spirit, whole and innocent. All is forgiven and released. And if you think that way about other people, then your unconscious mind will interpret it to be about you and eventually that will become your experience. That's how you undo the ego and that's how you go home. So, the second step is now you're thinking with the holy spirit you're you're thinking those right minded ideas with the Holy Spirit, they're just images they're not really there. You can withdraw your belief in them uh, you can say, "Wait a minute, uh this has no power to affect me you know and uh you know, so I'm going to teach love instead of reacting to it as the course says, "Teach only love for that is what you are, you are spirit, you are love." And then you take that third step, which most people never take, but which is unique to A Course in Miracles and Jesus. And you look beyond the body, beyond the image, you know, beyond the universe of time and space. Because what you really are is bigger than the universe of time and space. Spirit cannot be limited. And uh, you look beyond that, as we said, everywhere the Holy Spirit looks, he sees himself. Well, you look beyond the false image, beyond the veil to the truth, and the truth is God, and the truth is spirit, and by thinking of those people as being not what they think they are, but being what they really are, if you think of them as being this perfect spirit, then that is how you come to experience yourself, you know, that is how A Course in Miracles is done, and you either do it or you don't, you know, and, and the Course is pretty absolutist about the things that it says, it doesn't compromise, Uh, It says, look, the truth is the truth. The truth is God. That's the truth whether you want it or not. You know, the truth doesn't change. Uh, The truth is a constant. God is. You know, that's the absolute truth according to my teachers. And it's not going to change. That will still be the truth 25,000 years from now in uh, universal history, Uh, you know, in in the level of form, uh, you know, We'll have uh, the ego's interpretation, which will be based on separation, and we'll have the Holy Spirit's interpretation, which will be based on oneness and wholeness. And oneness of God is the truth, and it's always going to be the truth. And the truth is the truth, uh, whether you understand it and agree with it or not. You know, so that's the approach of A Course in Miracles. It's a non-dualistic philosophy because it's saying, that of the two seeming worlds, the world of God and the world of man, uh only the world of God is true. Which is why it says, once again, be vigilant only for God and his kingdom, because now you're not going to be sucked in by the ego. You know, the ego wants you to make it all real, uh, but forgiveness does not pardon sins and make them real. And so you're looking beyond the illusion to the truth, and by seeing the truth everywhere, by thinking like the Holy Spirit thinks, you will re become that spirit that you really are. And uh that's the approach of the Course in Miracles my teachers in uh the disappearance of the universe and your immortal reality. Uh the third book, uh Love Has Forgotten No One, which will be out later this year. And uh it, you know, it's gonna be uh consistent <laughs> if anything, because the Holy Spirit is consistent, the Course in Miracles is consistent, and uh so are my teachers. And, uh, I think that you have to be consistent in order to discipline the mind. You know, it's consistency, uh, in what you believe. And, you know, because I'm not saying consistency in, in always doing it 100% right all the time, because you won't. You know, and you don't have to do the workbook perfectly. Uh, nobody does. Uh, you know, if you did the workbook perfectly, I, I would question what you're doing here in the first place. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I like what uh, Ken Wapnick said about uh course students. He says a good course in miracles student is a bad course in miracle student who forgives himself. <laughs> you know, so it, yeah, yeah, so it's like you're not gonna be perfect. Don't expect to be perfect. You know, you're gonna slip every now and then, you're gonna get angry, you know. You know, the course says that anger is never justified. But it doesn't say that you'll never get angry. <laughs> you know, it just says that it's never justified. And the reason that it's never justified is because what you're seeing is coming from you. You know, now, as the Course would put it, I am not a victim of the world I see. You know, I I made it up. You know, it's coming from me. That's why forgiveness is justified and anger is never justified. And, uh, you know, just in the realization of that, it becomes more and more part of you. So that eventually you're going to get to the point where, uh, you're so used to doing it that the amount of time that it takes to do it shortens. You don't have to think about it as much because you become so used to it. It's like it becomes a part of you and uh it becomes, like, automatic. You know, it becomes a habit. And you get so used to practicing forgiveness instead of thinking with the ego that eventually you're more used to that and the Holy Spirit is moving in and taking over your mind in a, in a good way because it really is more fun to be peaceful than to be in conflict. And, uh, you know, not only that, but as you're doing this, the Holy Spirit is removing the unconscious guilt in your mind that is associated with the separation from God. So the irony is that you're not giving up your life. You still live your life. You know, you can still have your cake and eat it too. You know, you can uh, have your life, enjoy it, and you're actually going to end up enjoying it more. Because when you have less guilt in your mind, you enjoy everything more. You know, so I still like going to the movies. I still like listening to music more than I ever did. You know, and and when I go to the movies, I know it's not real. But that doesn't stop me from enjoying it. You know, and that's what this movie can be like. You know, you can know that it's not real, but uh, that doesn't have to stop you from enjoying it. You know, so it really is a win-win Situation. You're not being asked to give things up. You're not being asked to sacrifice anything. That's not the approach of the Course. You know, that may be the, the approach of religion, but it's not the approach of A Course in Miracles, which is a self-study course that leads you uh, to spirit. So at the end of the day, you could say that spirituality is personal. You know, it's a personal thing uh, between you and God. You know, it doesn't matter what people say, and it doesn't matter what people believe, and it doesn't matter, you know, uh, whether you're popular or not. Uh, What matters is whether or not you do it, whether or not you have the discipline and you can uh, allow your mind to be trained uh, to think along the lines of the Holy Spirit instead of the ego. And if you do that, you're doing the course. So, uh, yeah, this hour is zipped by pretty fast, but... but, uh, (laughs) I must say that, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure. I love talking about the course. Uh, but, you know, we can all talk about the course all that we want. And, you know, what we really gotta do is do it. You know, so, uh, I was at this Course in Miracles conference, uh, a year ago in San Francisco. Uh, they wanted to call the conference Listen, Learn, and Do. Right? So everybody's running around saying, what do we do? What do we do? And, uh, I said, well, you know, uh, the Course says that, uh you know, really, it's all about uh, forgiveness. You know, and uh it, in fact, at one point, it says forgiveness is my only function here. And I was thinking, you know, what do you do? Well, you know, if forgiveness is your only function here, you know, when I talked to all these people, I get, you know, because I get to speak to the whole crowd. And I said, you know, if forgiveness is your only function here, what do you think you do? You know, you do forgive it. Of course, that's your only function here. You know, so it's not a mystery. You know, it's like that's what you do. And it's done at the level of the mind. It's not about what you do out there in the world. It's not about saving a world that isn't there. You know, it's about practicing the Course at the level of the mind. And if you do that, uh, then it will work for you. But it can't work for you if you don't do it. You know, so uh, what I try to do in my work is I try to, to help people focus on doing it, which gets you more in touch with the Holy Spirit. And the more in touch you get with the Holy Spirit, that can lead to all kinds of good things. But that's a whole other uh, conversation. And, uh, you know, maybe we can do this again sometime, especially uh, when my third book comes out. And uh, uh, in the meantime, anyway, I'd like to thank you for this opportunity uh, to, you know, express some of the ideas uh, they're in the Course, and you'll notice as you go along, it's a holographic thought system. Uh, it's like all the ideas uh, support each other, and they all fit together like a hologram. It, it's a complete thought system. Uh, it doesn't leave you with a bunch of unanswered questions. Uh Course in Miracles covers everything. You know, before time began, you know, how we appeared to get here, why we think we're here, what we can do about it gives you a way to undo this whole mess. It actually gives you a solution, gives you a resolution and a way home, and gives you a happy ending. You know, the Course says we're all going to the same place. We're not going there as bodies, but we're all going to the same place. Our experience will be the same in the end. And uh, it gives you a happy ending. It even says that there is an end to time. You know, it says the Holy Spirit looked back from the end of time and saw everything that time held. So you know that there's an ending, and in the Course... of In the case of the course, it's a happy ending. And, uh, you know, so that's a very positive way of looking at it in the end because there is a happy resolution to the whole thing. So, uh, anyway, Nat, thanks a lot. And, uh, you know, I'll look forward to talking to you again sometime, I hope. Yeah, Gary, we really appreciate your time today. And it would be great to talk about your next book um, when it comes out. Sure. Okay, well, you have a good one. Thanks a lot. All right, you too. Okay, bye.